Hey guys, welcome back to the episodes. Let me explain to you why I'm like a week and a half late. I decided this is gonna be a bi-weekly podcast because I've recorded, I was gonna make this a weekly podcast. However, once I started recording it, I had the episode done. I re-listened to it a day later just to see if I wanna change anything with new ears. And I realized I didn't like the topics I was talking about. To an extent, I was sounding too much like a therapist. And a bitch that needs a therapist should not be trying to sound like they're preaching. Message! So this week, I decided I want to get deep. And when I mean deep, I want to get deep. Like, I want to talk about my internalized homophobia. I want to talk about how I've been combating my internalized homophobia. But first, I want to talk about... My what ifs. I want to talk about why I feel stunted. There's a halt in my growth process that I need to acknowledge and talk about my insecurities to put it out there and then let it go. So let's begin. What I'm feeling lately is that I have toxic independence. And by toxic independence, I mean, and by independence, I don't mean being on my own, being X, Y, and Z. I mean like toxic independence as in I don't need anybody. And I realized it became toxic because it was a trauma response to me being so secretive about my sexuality growing up through adolescence and into school because I missed out. I think this revelation happened when my nephew came up to me and they're getting older. And he said to me, I'm sorry that you had to live in a world where you felt like you had to hide the parts that would allow you to love freely. And I was like... Boy, you are too young to be this wise, but shout out to you. And first of all, you know how they say out of the mouths of kids come wisdom? I was like, boy, like, you know when somebody hits you and you're like, damn, I did not expect that. That shit hit different. I was like, self-reflection moment. And I realized he was right because I never felt comfortable. I never felt comfortable being myself 110%. And even after people knew I was gay and stuff like that, I'm still a very closed off person. I haven't dated in my 20s. Um, A bitch ain't been celibate, but I have never dated. I've never had a boyfriend. I missed out on so much. Growing up gay doesn't allow you to do all the hopeless romantic things that a lot of straight kids got to do. People wouldn't know this, but I'm a very hopeless romantic hoe. I think with my own self, I fell in love with the idea of who I thought I was, and I didn't even know who I really was. You know, I wanted all that hopeless romantic stuff that comes with the magic of high school. Because even though high school isn't no high school musical moment, I wanted the promposals. Can we get on the creativeness of promposals for a second? Like, I wanted somebody to ask me to prom. I want the homecoming, you know, going to his homecoming game. And he gives you, the football player gives you his jersey to wear. And you write his number on your cheek. Like, all that cheesy, like... To all the boys I've loved before, um, 16 Candles. Like, I wanted all of that. Like, and I don't want to be cheesy. Like, I wanted my love life to be like an 80s movie, you know? But I just wanted... I loved all of that stuff. I never showed I liked all that stuff because I'm still a tough-ass bitch. However, I wanted that to where, you know, you see one of them and you think about the other. They're like, well, where is uh such and such? Like, I wanted all that high school magic. I wanted to go to the tailgate you know we us go to the pumpkin patch Ooh, the pumpkin patch that brings me to my dream date let me tell y'all real quick since we're on the topics of loves and the what ifs here is my dream date me and me and a boy of my dreams 
we go to a pumpkin patch. He doesn't really like Halloween, but he knows I'm a Halloween hoe. We get into a little argument. The argument gets hot and bothered. I grab my pumpkin and we go home, right? He leaves without a pumpkin. So I'm carving mine, mad at him, and I'm not texting him first because I'm an Aries with a Virgo moon. Next thing I know, I get a text. He's talking about, look on your porch. I go to my porch like, okay, what the fuck is he talking about? There's a pumpkin sitting there with a heart carved in it with a red candle in it. And it says, I love you on the back. Like that was my dream date. The problem is with me, I'm an extreme ass bitch. So if you look at me the wrong way, I'm already setting up our wedding registry. Like, I'm planning a baby shower. I jump off the deep end. Like, there's no in-between with me. It's just, he is off his rocker. I remember, I can literally see myself in middle school looking at a crush I had on a boy. And I would I would watch him uh, play basketball at one of the home games. And I remember in my planner, y'all remember when we used to have planners in middle school? Um, I, w- I was writing down his number over and over again. I thought he looked just like Chris Brown back in the day. He does not now. He aged horribly. However, um, I remember falling in love with a boy in elementary school. That's why I tell people being gay is not a choice. Because I knew I liked the boys. And I knew I only wanted girls as friends. However, I digress. I remember me and this one boy would trade Yu-Gi-Oh cards. When he would give me a Yu-Gi-Oh card and we would trade, I thought that boy was in love with me. So, you know, I was delusional from a young age. But it's just like... True love, young love is a bitch. Let's fast forward to um, high school. You know what? There was really never somebody I had a deep crush on in high school because let's move on. As I look back on my life, um, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Sorry, I could not resist. Bitch, get it together. Like, I have a lot of um, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't. And some of them are, I wasn't brave enough. Some of them were... I wasn't ready. Some of them were, I just wanted more than I was able to give myself at that time. So one of the ways I've been trying to honestly deconstruct the the insecurities and the sadness of me not dating, I decided to do this little trend to tackle my internalized homophobia check. So let me read the definition of what internalized homophobia means. According to www.therainbowproject.org, Love that name. (laughs) What is internalized homophobia? So this is what it reads. Internalized homophobia and the oppression happens to gay, lesbian, and bisexual people and even heterosexuals who have learned and been taught that heterosexuality is the norm and correct way to be. Hearing and seeing negative depictions of lesbians, gays, and bisexual people can lead us to have internalized or take in these negative messages. So I did a little study on my internalized homophobia. And by study, I mean, I wanted to do something that was outside of my comfort zone. I wanted to do this trend where it's like, mainly straight guys were doing this, but they wear uh, nails for 24 hours. I'm going on four days now. And um, as you guys all know, I'm gay. Plot twist. It's weird because I feel like me wearing these nails have helped me evolve outside of my comfort zone. But also, it has triggered my internalized homophobia that I thought I conquered so much. Every time, like, if I was around a group of black men, and I don't want to put this on race or anything, but I'm just talking about my experience. Like, we were going into this pizzeria, 
And uh, these group of black men were to the side of me. And girl, why was I trying to grab my food with nub, my nubs of my fingers and stuff like that? So they didn't see my uh, nails and stuff like that. Because I just know like with certain black men, not all of them, um, the stereotype and how they start snickling and giggling. And uh, the problem with a bitch like me, me being an Aries with a Virgo moon, honey, I'm always about the bullshit. I'm not going to be the only one being laughed at. It's just like, I'm 27, and I realize, you know, you can be gay your whole life and still struggle with internalized homophobia, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And I think I just realized, like, with me having these acrylic, like, turquoise blue nails, which, honey, they look so good, um... It didn't allow me to code switch. It didn't allow me to turn it off. I just had to walk in my truth. And honey, it was not easy. And I think personally seeing the flamboyantness of me wearing these acrylic nails also triggered a memory of the reason I didn't have that many fellow gay friends in school. And I wasn't mad at them for being flamboyant i was mad at them for being able to live the way they want to it was yeah they got bullied but it was them living their truth i am who i am like it or not it is what it is and i think that's where my a lot of my internalized homophobia for my youth uh transpired because i was jealous and internalized homophobia and jealousy honey that's one of those things that go hand in hand twin flames because you can't sometimes you can't have one without the other but yeah just wanted to put this in this episode. I always wanted to wear nails. And me wearing nails in the house is one thing. That's not really stepping outside of my boundaries. But me wearing nails outside the house, shopping, living my daily life in public. That's a whole different ballpark of my comfort, my comfort zone. And I stepped outside of it. And now I'm on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Day four. Well, day five if you count Friday when I put them on. And... I am proud of myself. However, I will say it is hard to do normal things. I can keep jamming my nails. I give it to the women and the men and everybody in between who wears uh, the long acrylics that be like glamorous and bedazzled and stuff because this shit is not easy. And now moving on from that, we are back at that time of the podcast where I like to call the Hood Oracle where I take my black boy magic, get out my tarot deck, do a reading for today's episode. So whoever's listening to this if this message applies to you it applies to you if don't take what you need from it and leave the rest behind for whoever needs it so i got my tarot card deck out let me uh shuffle it real quick i be feeling like i'm like miss cleo like call me now so the card i pulled for today's episode is seven of pentacles on the upright so that shows a vision Ooh, let's go let's get see further understanding and get the definition for this card putting in the time and effort to really nurture a dream being dedicated to your vision of success taking a moment to reflect on how far you've come in work or a financial matter learning from the past so you can properly plan for the future putting in the work in a relationship so it can continue to grow in the future. Progress in an area of your life is nice and steady. So whoever needs that, take what you want from it. If it applies to you, perfect. If not, there's always the next episode. And lastly, I want to do my quote of the day. Today's quote of the day comes from the Instagram page, The Good Quote. This quote was written by Nasia Mavidi. The quote is, are you using your financial situation as an excuse to avoid doing what you love. Because honey, 
Heaven we are. Oh, I don't have money to do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't afford that. I want to, but I can't afford it. Honey, make it work. That quote to me means, if you won't invest in yourself, what makes you think a perfect stranger is going to invest in you? There ain't no fairy godmothers. When there is fairy godmothers, they rarely come to us black people. But hey, that's another story for another time. And as always, every day is a day off when you're dealing with a bitch like me. Bye, guys.